Welcome to Pacific Takes. This is the Pacific Takes Podcast, the official podcast of the Pac-12 on the SB Nation Network. I am your host, Johnny Pullman. I'm here with blogger, author, and historian, Jack Fullman. Together, we are the Fullman and Pullman Show. Thanks for tuning in. Another week. Today, we're covering uh, the Vegas Bowl recap. We'll give you a mock draft of uh, Pacific uh, 12 players and how they might shake out. It's way too early, but we'll give you a, a, a sense and then... Uh, we're going to discuss bad faces and <laughs> bold previews. Uh, Jack, how you doing, man? I'm good. It's a beautiful Sunday. You know, last uh, last Sunday before you know Christmas Eve hits. You know, it's a nice feeling here in LA. People leave town. Uh, things shut that slow down a little bit. I'm definitely enjoying 70 degree weather. I went for a run at the beach today. Oh, yeah, yeah. man. I mean, it beats the hell out of you know freezing your ass off walking uphill both ways in Pullman. <laughs> Pullman, Pullman, Pullman uh, winters are brutal. I remember the last year I left, it snowed in like mid to late April. It snowed in June. <laughs> that, was, that was the year I left. That was my last year there. Uh, the Vegas Bowl, we had Oregon against Boise State. The Ducks, we picked them last week, but they were flat out outplayed, outcoached, outsmarted, and outtuffed. Uh, no question that... Uh, the game was was fair to Oregon on Sunday because they got exactly what they deserved. Yeah, I mean, I was dead. I could not have been more wrong about what I thought was going to happen in that game. Um, you know, the fact you know, we say the factor of what team wants to be there, what team doesn't want to be there. But Oregon is not a program at this point in time that they're a team that you know can look down on the, on the Las Vegas Bowl. I mean, they didn't go to a bowl game last year, so I was pretty shocked that they were so flat, but it also could be Boise State's better than we thought they were, and Oregon's not as good as we thought they were. It's an inauspicious start to the crystal ball era. I don't know how many hours of sleep he got the night before the game, maybe 37, maybe 38 minutes. Maybe he needs to get a little bit more. Maybe he needs to go at least an hour. I mean, whatever it takes, as much sleep as it takes to realize that having a player who's sitting out the game uh, for his draft stock give like hype up your team before the game to realize that's not a good idea uh that's how much sleep he needs to get yeah so the final score was 38 28 but it really wasn't even that close and yeah it's funny that you mentioned uh you know royce freeman trying to get everybody jacked up and kirk herbstreet who was calling the game took quite exception to that and i think rightfully so if you're a senior on that oregon team and you've got this dude who's voluntarily sitting out the game and he's the emotional leader, there's problems. Not good. I mean, Royce Freeman, I, I think it's a good decision to sit out, you know, basically what's a meaningless exhibition game. He's done everything he can for that program, you know. Uh, one of the most prolific players ever in the Pac-12 at running back. He's 12, got nothing 12 for, years at Oregon. Yeah, he, uh, 
no one's gonna hold that against you. But yeah, that's not the guy who gives your 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 like your pregame pump up speech and who's like on the sidelines like interacting. Like you know, he's done his thing at Oregon, but that's a very strange thing to allow to happen. Oregon only rushed for forty seven yards. Uh, Justin A. Bear did not look like the best quarterback on the field, Cajun or otherwise. He was not say bon. He did not laissez baton rouler. Yeah, um, I was surprised by that too because I thought when healthy, Herbert was arguably the best quarterback in the Pac-12 this year given he didn't play against the good defenses. But not a good sign for Oregon as well because he's kind of hit that point where he's been around for like a year, year and a half. And a lot of times that's when teams kind of figure out how to defend a quarterback. I think you saw it with Jake Browning. You saw it with Sam Darnold. Uh, you know, they started really well, but then people like, okay, we know how to defend this guy. So hopefully for Oregon, Boise State did not provide the blueprint for how to defend Justin Herbert because he was a hot garbage. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, the other quarterback was Brett Rippon in this game. He's the nephew of Cougar Great and People forget Super Bowl champion Mark <laughs> People don't Rippen. forget that. That's his only claim to fame. Um, so, you know, Rippin could have gone to Washington State, but he chose Boise State instead. Um, Donkey State. You know, that school started as a truck driving school. <laughs> Is that true? Are you making that up? I think it's absolutely true. You can get your CDL with your bachelor degree. <laughs> Where are you getting this information? Um, I uh, I made a road trip one time to Boise State from Pullman in the middle of winter. I think you were on that I road trip. I was on that trip, yeah. I killed two deer with my Isuzu Rodeo. One shot. One in the ass, one in the head. I thought they were dogs. That was coming through Hell's Canyon, uh, Hell's Pass. It was a snowy, snowy time of night. That was a harrowing experience. That, I was asleep. I woke up. I was re- I was relieved coming back, so I had to pull over, and you know I, there was there was some damage to the front of the vehicle. There was a lot of damage. Uh, it was like pissing out antifreeze, uh, but I was relieved on the way home uh, when I saw the carcasses of a couple deer, and they weren't dogs. That was a relief. It was you know, hopefully some people went and found those deer and made made use of them. I like. Oh, <laughs> well, the temperatures were freezing cold, so the meat didn't go bad. This podcast, it talks a lot about uh, deer strikes. That's yeah. what I'm finding. Yeah. I'm fine with that. That's okay. So, Royce Freeman sat this one out. Uh, you know, he's thinking about the NFL draft. He's probably going to be a third or fourth rounder. So, speaking of the draft, why don't we take our Pacific takes way, way, way too early Pac-12 perspective on the 2018 mock draft? Fine with me. So I love doing these mock drafts, and I always think of a guy named Ryan Long, uh, who won the Outland Trophy for the Cougs. He was an Anacortes High School alum. Uh, so in you know a lot of mock drafts back in about 2003, he was projected as a first rounder, and then he ate and drank his way into the fourth <laughs> round from the time that he was awarded the Outland Trophy to the time that the draft was in April. Epic, like that's just something that seems like a made up, but totally happened. Like yeah. so bizarre. You know he has been up to he's he's out of football. He he had a, a, a career with the Tennessee Titans. Now he's with the Animal Planet. I, I think that he was he was actually following a tribe called the Tatuya Tribe in the Colombian Amazon, and he followed their journey into manhood, including ceremonial vomiting and blow dart hunting. It's very wild, boys. 
I support it. Wild Boys <laughs> is a fantastic show and great educational experience. Uh, Ryan Long uh, is one of the sack leaders at Wazoo, but do you know who has the most sacks in one game? M. Christo Bruce. It is M. Christo Bruce. He had five of them against Stanford in 2006. Do you know who the quarterback was at Stanford? <laughs> uh, I... I, I I can't remember. It was Trent Edwards. Trent Edwards. Yeah, that's a that's a throwback. Blast from the past. So, Jack, you've got your 2018 mock draft. Number one overall is the Huskies opponent, Saquon Barkley, the running back out of Penn State. He goes to the Browns. Your first Pac-12 player is the quarterback from UCLA, Josh Rosen. Uh, currently, if the NFL season ended today, he'd go to Denver. Yeah. I, I believe so. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo being in San Francisco, maybe he that that changed the mix up a bit. I, I would say if they wouldn't take Garoppolo, I have had him pegged for the 49ers. Or Darnold, if but I don't think I don't think Darnold declares. Who does Rosen remind you of? Goff. I'm watching Goff right now. We're recording this during the Seahawks Rams <laughs> game, and the Rams are up 27 zip on the Hawks at home. Yeah, I think Goff progressing has actually helped Rosen because. Uh, he has same same kind of questions too. Of uh, I think of like what kind of how how into it he is, but you know. Uh, so you may not be at liberty to join this conversation, but there was a time when uh, Donald Trump was going to pay Serena Williams to play tennis against John McEnroe. Uh, it never happened, but McEnroe this year he's fifty seven years old. He said that he could beat Serena. Now when. People asked Serena if she could beat a guy. She said that uh, Andy Murray would beat her 6-0, 6-0. She wouldn't score a point. Now, okay, like this is a different conversation. Men are clearly uh, have different physical characteristics than women. Um, Serena's a phenom. I don't know. I think like it's worth having the debate. Last week we found out that Josh Rosen was a uh, a phenom himself in, in men's tennis. He was a nationally ranked player. I don't know. Could he have a shot against Serena? I have no clue. I, 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 I don't know, man. I'm not. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm going to switch to my take. You know, if my my take of you know if the best college football team could beat the worst NFL team as my worst take of all time. And what is your official take on my that? official take now is uh, that it would be like 82 to nothing. But at, at different times in my life, I had different worst takes on that, and yeah. Oh, Lord, and Todd Gurley just took another <laughs> touchdown against the Hawks. <laughs> All right, so uh, your next pick in this mock draft, um, the next player is uh, Vita Vea, the D-tackle from Washington, the big run stuffer. He goes to the Redskins at number 11. Vea, different different era. In different era, Vea, Vea might be the number one guy taken, but as we know, defensive tackles aren't as valuable as they used to be in the NFL, but he's he's a freak. I don't think there's any question about it. I think the was the Fiesta Bowl could be big for him to kind of get on a national stage and, and uh, show off, so uh, let's keep a close eye on how he does in that game. You love those Polynesian guys, those run stuffers. He's, he's a California kid. He is. I mean, he's 6'5", 340, and just freakishly fast and agile he's i mean danny shelton uh he kind of basically replaced danny shelton and he's actually maybe a better nfl prospect than danny shelton who went like seven or eight to the browns other first rounders from the pac-12 isaiah oliver the rangy cornerback from colorado 
Yeah, a guy I think a lot of people might not know about uh, because he was overshadowed by last year. Colorado had like three guys who went in the, the better half of the draft in their secondary, but he is just as good, if not better, than any of those guys. And, you know, he kind of didn't get a lot of attention playing on a not great Colorado team this year. A guy that got a lot of love, and I say that um, with no pun intended, Bryce, the running back from Stanford, finished third in the Heisman. You think he slips into the first round? I think it's possible. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to the second. I mean, how many 195-pound running backs are there that are doing well in the NFL right now? True. It's just a thing. It's like literally an NFL back under 215. I just... I. No matter how good you are, like I, I really question what you're going to be able to do. Darren Sproles is rolling over in his he, grave right now. He is the one example that always. If you're, he's the one that always comes up. But it's like, okay, well, who's your second or third example? No, like I don't know. I have no idea. Barry Sanders. Well, we're not talking about right now. We're talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Some other guys are going to hear their name called on that first couple days of the draft. Uh, Stanford safety Justin Reed. Yeah, ended up being probably the best uh, best safety in the Pac-12 this year. One of the best defensive players. Uh, his brother plays. Maybe two brothers in the NFL. I can't. Is it Eric Reed? Uh, he's just you know a big athlete. Good, great, great safety. Colton Miller, tackle from UCLA. He's six eight. Strange uh, situation where another year where UCLA had a really bad offensive line, but they're going to have a guy who's going to go a six-eight tackle who will have it. He'll get a decent spot in the draft. Another guy uh, from SC cornerback Iman Marshall um, didn't have a the year I think everyone thought he was going to have, but he's like six-one, two-two-zero-five, big, great athlete. I, I I think even though he didn't have a great season, he'll be a second rounder. And talking about guys who all right, there's so there's guys that have the measurables who are going to be big combine guys. They're going to be projects in the NFL. Then you've got guys that have it all polished who are great college players. You think about a guy like a Dante Pettis from Washington, who's the career punt return leader, game breaker in college. Does he have the intangibles to be that dude in the NFL? I think people are going to. He's going to have interesting tape for Pettis. I, I think he's a second, maybe third-round guy. Uh, interesting tape because you're going to be able to look at him last year when John Ross was on the other side and he had you know, lighter coverage and he had something like 17, 18 touchdowns. And you see this year, he uh, not only did he not have John Ross, Washington's like number two through like five or six receivers all got hurt for most of the season. He was kind of on his own and he was still productive but didn't have quite the same year. So I think that's going to show – that you know, if you put him on a team that maybe he's a number two guy, he's going to be awesome. If he has a number one, has to be your number one guy. Probably not in the NFL, but he looks like a great number two, number three guy. Another guy that you don't have in your top sixty-five who is an absolute gamer, Hercules Mataafa. He was the Polynesian Player of the Year, Jack. He beat out Vea for that. I remember. Yeah, he was a little bit salty. Come on, yet. brother. Uh, <laughs> uh, very undersized, kind of a tweener. Um, yeah, he's definitely going to find a spot in the NFL, in my opinion. Can he play safety? I don't think he could play safety. I think, it, I think he, could, he might end up as an outside linebacker, so he's going to have to show a little bit of pass coverage skills. He's kind of a pro, he's probably going to be a project, but great motor, great guy getting after the quarterback. Great motor. Motor. A guy that you didn't include in this mock draft uh, because you don't think he's going to declare is a Sam Darnold. So hot take coming out this week was that from an NFC personnel man in the NFL – he, in his evaluation with Sam Darnold, 
for the NFL said, you can have him. He's got a loopy motion and a bad face. He's overrated. What do you think of uh, Sam Darnold's face? We, I, last week, we concluded he's got NFL hair. He's definitely a bro. What about his face? I don't know what that means, but he does kind of have a goofy face. like, And he kind of has that confused Brett Farvish look after throwing really dumb interceptions. But I like that, yeah. That that's a pro in my opinion. Who would, you're comparing him to Brett Favre? He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's an NFL MVP. Like if you're saying this guy's got a Brett Favre look, that's a great thing. That's right. I want to go so far as he's not a good old boy like Brett Favre though. He's a he's a California boy. When, when I think of bad faces, you know who I think of is Eli. <laughs> Eli's won a couple Super Bowls though. He's the kryptonite to to Tommy Brady. Yeah, Eli. That, that's a good comparison. Yeah, Eli's got a bad face. Philip Rivers doesn't have a great face, but he kind of makes up for it because he's. He's a gamer. Well, he's got like 11 kids. <laughs> he wears a bolo tie. Yeah. He's got good intensity, too. Very intense. You know who's got kind of a bad face is Russell Wilson. He's got kind of like that distant eyes. Yeah, like, he, he, he looks like a little sleepy sometimes. A little sleepy, but, yeah. you know, I guess he's never been accused of not being, you know, locked in. Yeah. You know who's got a good face? Who? Dan Marino, man. He just looks like a... He looks like a... <laughs> Like a video game created, you know, franchise quarterback. Okay. All right. Danny Marino, good face. When I'm evaluating talent, I'm looking for a guy that looks like Dan Marino. Yeah, Dan Marino. Um, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, that's a bad he, – he has like a worried face a lot of times. What about a, a Ben Roethlisberger? That's just kind of a fat face. That's he's, he's, I don't know how he fits his, that big, dumb head into his helmet <laughs> He's just a guy that doesn't look like he'd be good at anything that is very good at one thing. So, well, maybe a couple things, but Matt Stafford is a pro bowler. He doesn't have a great face. You know, he's kind of got a face the like face if you're looking is for totally Matty Stafford, he's probably back by the kegger, you know, playing beer pong and just going deep. The face thing, I don't understand at all. That's not a good comparison whatsoever. It's not a good evaluate evaluation like ruler in my opinion in any way shape or form. The last time that there was a talk about this, I remember it was in the NBA, it was Christoph Porzingis, <laughs> who didn't have the look. He didn't have a good face to be an NFL or a, an NBA star. He's been pretty okay. No, so no. Um, I guess what we're saying is Sam Donald is Christoph Porzingis. Yeah, I mean, any of those kind, those kind of intangibles, I'm always very shaky on, like, putting too much, you know, putting too much thought into them. It's more of just like, you know... You go out and you play or not. Like now, that's the great talk, thing about sports. That's true. That's the great thing about sports. You yeah. can do that with like anything else in the world. You'd be in the office to be like, that guy's like literally horrible, but like why is he like you know, why is he running things? Like, I don't know, he just got it. Like I'll talk all day about a guy with small hands though. <laughs> yeah, well that's not that's not like a a looks or like intangible thing. That's like if you're if you're playing a position, that's a unless you're a kicker, uh, that's a thing you're gonna have to use. Jack, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It is bowl season. We're underway, and it's only going to get better. The next one up for the Pac-12, UCLA taking on Kansas State in the Cactus Bowl. It's a scary one for UCLA, in my opinion. Uh, Number one program that is, in my opinion, in the Pac-12, year after year, you know, takeaway records that I have least confident showing up in a bowl game is UCLA. Uh, Kansas State, if you look at their schedule, they, like, lost – Really close games to a lot of good teams, and I think they closed by beating like Iowa State and someone else. So, uh, 
hopefully UCLA shows up and they want to get things uh, the table set for for our, our friend Chip Kelly. Uh, I think it's important in all of these bowl game evaluations to the, to evaluate mascot versus mascot. So a Bruin versus a Wildcat, probably no debate here. Bear smokes a Wildcat. Foster Farms Bowl, the Chicken Bowl, Arizona Purdue. This is the you know we discussed earlier. This was the chicken uh, manufacturers bowl, Purdue Chicken. They do a pretty good job. You know, they're no <laughs> Draper Valley. That's a very you know uh, universal reference, Draper Valley. <laughs> uh, what, what's your what's your feelings on that one? I have a good feeling that maybe this could be a game where Clil Tate bounces back against you know a team, a lesser Big Ten team that kind of crawled into this bowl. I think they're six and six. Uh, I, I would hope that you, uh, Arizona could pull that one off with their offense. This is another Wildcat. A mascot, they're taking on a Boilermaker. So a Boilermaker, yes, it's a shot of whiskey and a beer, but in this case, it's a human. Um, Purdue players were known as pumpkin shuckers. Jack, what is a pumpkin shucker? Uh, someone who shucks pumpkins? I don't know what a pumpkin shucker Rail splitters, blacksmiths, corn-fed sailors, and foundry hands. They finally landed on Boilermaker, the guys who put together the locomotives that would run the tracks there in central Indiana. I think a Boilermaker, you know, this is a man that works with his hands. Maybe he's got a hammer in his tool belt. He could probably take down an angry wildcat. Now, I will caution that I think scratches and bites from a feral cat could cause some serious infection. So we'll see what happens down the road. But the I Long think, game. I, yeah, that's maybe in the long game, like there could be some, like, some issues for the Boilermaker, but... In that three-hour fight in the steel cage, I'm taking the Boilermaker over the Wildcat. Okay. I, I'll i go Wildcat. Alamo Bowl, the number 13 Stanford Cardinal take on T-C-U, Texas Christian. Everything I've heard points to Bryce Love playing, which is kind of seems to be the make-or-break thing for Stanford. Uh, him getting um, a month-plus off will probably be amazing for them. Uh, TCU is a tough team. This is... The yearly Pac-12, Big 12, uh, Pac-12 road game at the Big 12 to go play uh, in San Antonio. So, good team, tough, uh, you know, tough environment. It's probably not going to be a lot of Stanford. Uh, what do you think the percentage will be of Stanford to TCU fans that day? I, I don't know, Jack. Have you done the Riverwalk in San Antonio? I've never been to San Antonio. Seems like a lovely city. Does it? Yeah, man. I mean, go see some history, uh, drink some margaritas. I've heard this, uh, the Alamo is one of the most underwhelming sites in all of America. That it's like way smaller than you think it's going to be, and it's like in the middle of like town. It's like in the city. Yeah, I'm going to stop like a, you before like you a, continue there's shitting like a subway, on American uh, heroes. There's like a Shakey's pizza. They lost, though. That's like you don't see, uh, you don't see like, you know. Well, they were outnumbered like four to one, man. Like battle to the battle to the death, you know, Davy Crockett, you don't, you don't put like, Sam Houston, and all those American heroes. If you go lose in the Rose Bowl, you'll lose in uh, you know Fiesta Bowl. Do you put the you put like a blank spot for the trophy you didn't get? I think that this is a situation where it would be like if the New England Patriots were playing the uh, 2004 uh, Washington <laughs> State Cougars, and and the Cougs gave them you know a hell of a game, uh, completely outmatched. I think that's a better comparison. Okay. I'm not even going to get into the tree versus the horn frog. Nothing tops a gigantic sequoia. Immobile. 
immobile, but I, I don't think that a fucking desert lizard could do anything, <laughs> any kind of damage. Those, those Stanford trees, I mean, those are some of the oldest living organisms on the planet. General right? Sherman? Have you ever seen General Sherman? I've never seen it in the flesh, but, you know, it's it's a bucket list of there to do that drive there in, through the avenue of the giants. It's it's pretty good, but General Sherman, when you see the other trees, is not that, like, not that, like, uh, it's like seeing someone who's like, oh, that guy's 6'11", but that guy's 6'11", and, like, one eighth. like, you're like, oh, okay, like, that's cool, like, yeah. But, Okay, I, not, that, <laughs> not that specifically standing. I like this botany discussion. Holiday Bowl, Washington State versus Michigan State. I, I, if you're colorblind, this could be a really difficult game. If the Cougs wear their grays and then Michigan State wears the greens, that could be a really difficult game um, from a viewing standpoint. They look similar. And then that, that, that Spartan on the side of the hats – for Sparty, kind of looks like you know the uh, the the Coog logo. Um, the, you know, let's just let's be careful like how we decide and, and, and outfit these guys for this game. I'm a. It's not my main concern about watchability. My more watchability is a team with a big, a good offensive line, running game, and tough defense playing against Washington State because uh, we saw that in the last game of the season. It wasn't pretty, and uh, Washington State. Uh, Need trying to redeem itself from uh, last year's Holiday Bowl disappointment. This is one of the more difficult uh, mascot matchups. You've got a cougar versus a Spartan. Now a cougar is a pretty tough animal. It's a it's a North American big cat. We've discussed this on the podcast before. It's got claws and teeth. Now you're dealing with a Spartan, which is a a man in exceptional shape, and he's probably got a sword and a shield. Uh, what are you going to take? I'll go. I'll go Spartan. I'm going Spartan too, and I'm and I'm on record, and, and I had this discussion quite often um, with about twelve bush lights in me in college. Could I choke out a cougar in a life and death situation? I believe that I could. So just having the dagger and um, shield as an added measure, no question. I think that the 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 in shape individual can beat the uh, the cougar. I would say your chances of choking out a cougar in real life are <laughs> mm, actually worse than Oregon this year's Oregon State team beating uh, <laughs> beating the Patriots right now. I, I think that it, I could do it in a life and death situation, man. Sun Bowl, Arizona State taking on NC State, the Herm Edwards Bowl. The Herm- <laughs> Is he coaching the game? I don't, he, I, don't th- I don't think so. I don't think he is. Um, news this week came out that the the whole situation that they had planned with keeping the coordinators around and letting Herm just kind of be the CEO, well, that kind of went to shit because both coordinators decided to leave the program. I mean, who wants to be coached by – surprise, surprise, people don't want to be coached by an analyst or work under an analyst for uh, their job. So lots of turmoil going on with the Sun Devils, but this is the Sun Bowl – so is that? I mean, how much? How much credit do you give the Sun Devils being in the Sun Bowl? Not those semantics. Not too much. They're they're not too far away. It's not too bad of a travel for them. Uh, uh, Arizona State's got some talent. They're 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 a pretty decent team. I think NC State's kind of the same vibe. They're uh, they had a decent year in, in the ACC. They uh, they played pretty well. So that's going to be a pretty evenly matched game. Definitely seems like a game where whoever team actually wants to be in El Paso wins, so no one will win. <laughs> It'll be 0-0. Zero, zero. 
Sun Devil versus Wolfpack. So this is a difficult one because I think you've got to evaluate this. Like, what kind of powers does a Sun Devil have? Now, apparently Sparky was designed by a Disney animator, and he made the face look like Walt Disney. I can see that, yeah, yeah. Sparky is officially known as a mischievous imp. Imp. Give me the wolf pack in that situation. I don't care what kind of... He's got that pitchfork, though. He's a pack of wolves, man. Uh, wolves are over. Wolves are one of the more most blown up uh, things to be scared of in the world. Overrated. So we just looked it up. Wolf attacks in the last fifty years in North America. There have been three fatal attacks, eight in Europe and Russia, but more than two hundred in South Asia. <laughs> I didn't know there were there were wolves in South Asia, but they're bloodthirsty. South Asia, like Vietnam, like yeah, they have. Okay, be on the lookout, wolves. I would I would think maybe North Asia, but I didn't know. I would not guess they had wolves in South Asia. The Heart of Dallas Bowl, Utah versus West Virginia. Okay, <laughs> uh, yeah, not not much there. Uh, West Virginia, another team. That's a pretty bad bowl for West Virginia to end up in. I think they're seven and five. Played tough all year. Utah, you know, scratched and clawed the six to six. Get a bowl. Congratulations. Uh, I would probably think West Virginia wins this game, but you know, uh, not a whole ton of thought on it. Would be a nice win for Utah if they get the win. Basically, you know, Utah's logo is actually a drum. Is is it? Yeah. All right. Doesn't matter. Give me the guy with the gun, the mountaineer, <laughs> smokes the ute. True, he does, he does physically have a gun. I, I, I mean, I, it, yeah, like, that's not really fair. Yeah. The Cotton Bowl Classic, number eight USC versus number five Ohio State. I think that probably in this one you don't have to worry about the teams being motivated. There's a lot to play for here. No, this is uh, kind of your makeup. Well, I guess we got two kind of makeup Rose Bowls. Uh, this one's probably the more high-profile, exciting one of them, Pac-12 champion uh, versus uh, the Big Ten champion. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, you know, two teams that are just stacked with NFL talent, but that just lost a couple games this year. Uh, Sam Darnold maybe in his last last game as USC. You know, USC has a lot to prove this year if they can uh, they can close with a second straight uh, NY6 bowl win. That would be big. So this is going to be uh, a game I think everyone watches. So we don't really need to discuss whether a Trojan could beat a nut, but um, I think that it is important to note that Buckeye nuts are mildly toxic when they're not cooked. Not cooked? Yep. Oh, have you ever had a dessert buck nut? I, I know I have not. Uh, it's just a uh, peanut butter with like, uh, it's kind of just a Reese's situation. It's oh, like around actually, yep, chocolate yep. with like because it looks like yep. a buck nut. Yeah. Yep, I'm familiar with that dessert. Uh, used to be a thing uh, around the holidays for the Wardell family, but uh, for the Pullman family, it hasn't been lately. The Pullman family. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fiesta Bowl, Washington versus Penn State. What were you got? I mean, I'm going Penn State. It was probably my gut. Uh, Saquon Bart. Uh, Penn State, to me, kind of reminds me of, in some ways of Stanford. Uh, replace Bryce Love with Saquon Barkley, who I, I think is uh, a better player, uh, just as like physically be- an overall better player. But 
a lot at stake here for Washington because Washington's, you know, the last two years, the record's like 24-4 and four or something, but their marquee wins are very lacking. They've destroyed a lot of, you know, ranked between number 15 and 25 Pac-12 teams. They've run, like, they just destroyed Pac-12 teams, but they have not had those signature wins. This is a chance. If they go out there and they win this game, it means something, but if they go out and they lose by 14 points, people are just going to be like, well, Huskies are just a, you know, an above-average, good Pac-12 team that has gotten some breaks. We're talking mascots here. This is clear. Give me the dog. I already talked about choking a cougar out with my bare hands. Cougar and mountain lion, the same thing. So, easy choice here. You're taking a, a mountain, a, a husky over a mountain lion. Definitely. Like you mean like a mascot, like a husky? Yeah. I think that's false. <laughs> it's a domesticated animal. <laughs> We might be able to. I think there's probably some record of this um, actually happening uh, in someone's backyard. So I think we can go to some <laughs> to some real footage for this one. I'm sure you could. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We're gonna take the next couple weeks off. Uh, we're going back. Enjoy your families. Enjoy these bowl games. Uh, we'll check in uh, the night before the national championship to give you kind of a bowl recap and a preview of the Natty. Until then. Hey, get at us with questions, comments, disrespect. You want to troll me? Get after it. I'll bring it on. Tell me about how you think that uh, Wildcat would actually beat a Boilermaker, although I'll tell you a million reasons why not. Be sure to follow at Johnny Pullman. At Jack Pullman. Keep up with Pacific Takes, and we'll see you next year. Back on the wall.